Stephen Grotes on SAFM. Well, there's been a big study to have a look at what needs to happen to protect sharks and rays. You know, like stingrays, but not necessarily stingrays. Rays in southern Africa. And they're talking about essentially how we go about doing that. And this is also about protecting certain areas for sharks and rays. The lead author of the paper and a research assistant at Wild Trust is Nina for Baloo. Nina, good morning and thanks for your time this morning. Good morning, Stephen. Thanks so much for having me. So obviously it's important to look after these animals. We have a very large, very long coastline. How do we go about making sure that they receive some protection at least? Yeah, um, absolutely. We've got, not only do we have a very large coastline, we also are a global hotspot for sharks and rays. So we've got about 200 species, which is 20% of like all species globally. So um, it's really important that we ensure these animals are protected and um, conserved moving forward. And so this study was really all about identifying where along our coastlines um, these sharks and rays live and which habitats they most associate with, and then ensuring that they are adequately protected through marine protected areas or other means. Um, so one problem is enforcing protected areas, is stopping people from fishing there and going there. How difficult is that? It's a long coastline. Yeah, this is, that's a very, very complicated issue because our study obviously was focused on more trying to figure out where to put these MPAs, um, these marine protected areas. Um, we've already got 41 um, in South Africa, 41 MPAs covering 5%. And with global and national targets, this is probably going to grow. And like you said, then enforcing it is really the crux of the problem because if it's not enforced properly, then it's not of much use. But there's also there's a lot of improvements um, in that area um, and hopefully, hopefully we get it right and, and make a difference. Um, we heard last week that the temperatures of the ocean are higher than they've been in many years. This is all El Nino and all the rest is very complicated. Does that have an impact on where these areas would be if the temperatures of the ocean start to change? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it, it depends on which part of the ocean you're talking about and which species. So some species of sharks and rays and just in general will respond um, more to shifts in temperatures um, and others less. So some deeper areas where you've got some deep water rays and um, sharks, the, the water temperatures might not be affected as much there, so it's not as big of an issue. But in more shallow waters, such as coral reefs, um, if you've got warming temperatures, it's going to be much more of a problem. So that's also a very important aspect to take into account. And do sharks and rays use need similar habitats? No, so... As I said, there's like 200 different species, and they all actually use a wide variety of different habitats. So you've got your like large pelagic species, so your great white sharks, your large oceanic manta rays, whale sharks, and they live in the open oceans. Then you've got smaller rays and skates that prefer muddy or sandy sea floors. You've got your reef-associated sharks. So you've really got a whole range of habitats that you need to protect. Um, and that's one of the things this study wanted to do was try and understand which species were associated with which different habitats and make sure that if we were to expand our marine protected area network that we're representative and that we pick an adequate um, sample of different habitats. Quite difficult to do in a way just to do the survey. Someone's got to go and spend a lot of time in an area and do some serious counting. It's not easy. No, yeah, exactly. And we're, we're very fortunate in, in South Africa. We actually have a, a huge network of 
um, shark and ray experts. Um, and so this study, we're 30 co-authors on the study, which really shows how big of a collaboration this was. And one of the biggest and most important aspects of this was getting in touch with everyone and getting all this data together. So we've got tagging data from um, the RE fish tagging project, which is basically a network of anglers that have been tagging and releasing sharks for years. We've got tracking data from SIAB, which is South Africa's Institute of Aquatic Biodiversity, um, Shark Life Up in KZN, Shark Spotters here in Cape Town, Department of Fisheries. So yeah, I could go on for a while, but basically the a really cool and powerful aspect of this study was everyone coming together, sharing all of this patient information, and um, putting all our heads together to try and figure this out. Nina, thank you. Nina Forbelu is the lead author of the paper and a research assistant at Wild Trust. 27 after 8.